I believe that every human being longs to be seen, heard, and know that their being matters, that they are worthy of love, that they are enough, and that their love is enough. I believe that every soul wants to express love and receive love, and it's in this expression that makes us feel alive. Welcome to What Would Love Do? A podcast on exploring love, life, and spirituality conversations on discovering what comes between our ego and our truest self. My name is Yumi Nguyen and I'm your host. This is episode 5, How to Expand Your Love. This episode has been inspired by a listener and friend, so thank you for trusting me and allowing me to contribute. My friend D asks or says, there are a few things around love I'd love explored. One is, how do you keep the love going when you've been together for a long time, like 20 years? And the other is I'd love to explore how you explore love together as you both get older and your values might shift. So firstly, we're going to explore keeping the love going when you've been together for a long time. So I believe that what Dee is asking is like, well, how do we continuously expand love? Um, so what you focus on expands. I'm going to share an analogy, and I hope that this analogy kind of works with what I'm trying to say. For those of you who have traveled to Asia, especially Vietnam, and you're looking to cross the road, now... It's a crazy, crazy task, right? If you've never um, crossed a road in Asia before. Um, so I want you to imagine you're standing on one side of the road and it probably is about, say, 30 meters across or even 40 meters, even 50 meters sometimes maybe. And the roads, there's no, there's no, um, I guess, what do you call it? lanes, cars are going in and out everywhere, there's just motorbikes, and it's crazy. But here's the key, it's actually quite easy to cross. So how you cross a road in Vietnam is you look straight ahead and you walk at a consistent pace. Look straight ahead and you keep walking. You do not look left, you do not look right, you do not look you do not look behind you, you do not look like to the person next to you, you just keep walking in a consistent pace and you focus on getting to the other side of the road. Surprise, surprise, when you do this, you're like, wow, that was crazy. All these cars, all these motorbikes, all these cyclists just moved around me to allow me to get across to the other side of the road. You know, I think that's a kind of, I think, I believe that's very similar to choosing love and creating love in a relationship. It's almost saying what you focus on expands. So when you focus on, when you look at your relationship and you see it as, okay, wow, it is a really loving relationship and we're connected and we're growing together that will continue to expand. If you bring gratitude, if you bring understanding, if you bring curiosity and wonderment, that will continue to, to expand. However, when you do bring the idea or the thought or the belief that there's disconnection, 
and you're constantly looking for why we're disconnected or why we are not valuing each other or why we are taking each other for granted, that will also continue to expand. So you're kind of digging a hole for yourself. The thing with being in love uh, when you've been together for someone for a long time is that it takes a conscious energy of unlearning that unlearning about that person. I want to say that again. It takes a conscious energy and effort on unlearning about that person. See, every human being is forever evolving and growing. And the person that you are today is different from the actual person that you were even yesterday because the cells have changed. You know, whatever's gone through the day has molded you into a different way. You may have had a conversation or you've learned something that has made you thought differently and be differently or be inspired differently. That's the same thing with your partner. And if you are thinking or if they are even thinking that you are the same human being even after all these 20 years, you kind of don't allow each other to show up um, in to show up in the way that you want to be seen. And so therefore that's probably why it may become stagnant. You haven't, you've lost the curiosity and the wonderment or you've stopped bringing the curiosity and the wonderment, which means you can actually make a choice to go, well, how do I bring it in the next moment and in the next day? One of the most powerful things that has allowed, I guess, for me to create with John, my husband, is I made this promise when I first met him. And the promise was, I promise to never know you. In our wedding vows, this is also included. I said, I promise to never know you. And for the rest of our lives together, I will spend each day and each moment discovering who you are. I believe this is the access to falling in love with the other human being every single day. Because, you know, there's, it, it's like 50 First Dates. If you've ever seen that movie with uh, Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler, you know, imagine adopting that kind of mindset of 50 First Dates where you wake up every morning and it's a brand new day, a brand new experience, and you do not know who the person is that you've just woken up next to. And you bring a curiosity and openness and a wonderment to that human being. So... Firstly, to even create that kind of space, you've got to assess, okay, what are we working with here? What, where is our relationship at? Is our relationship, you know, so how you assess that is you ask each other, do you feel loved? On a scale of 1 to 10, how loved do you feel? 1 being not very loved, and so therefore not very seen, and I don't know if I even matter in your life. And 10 being, okay, I feel really loved, I feel seen, heard, and I know that I matter in your life. And wherever you are on that scale, the idea is just to go, well, if I'm a three and you're a three, what can we do to make it a four? What can we bring to grow and expand our love? You know, you don't want to jump from a three to a 10 straight away because there's a lot of healing to be done. There's probably hurts that need to be explained. There's probably reconnection that is required. There's probably trust that needs to be built. I don't know what couples go through, but you know, there's different things that we go through that can impact that connection and we kind of retreat back into our shell. So it's so important to go, okay, well, where are we at? 
and how do we improve it just one little bit more the next day and the next day and the next day and that is how you grow we're not rushing this we want to be able to nurture each step of the way and each other and acknowledge where we've both been hurt or acknowledge where forgiveness needs to come in so imagine like this you know Imagine you've had an accident of some sort or trauma to your body. And before this trauma, you were uh, an Olympian or like a first class athlete. So imagine that the trauma that you had uh, was a broken leg. And maybe you would have been a long distance marathon runner. Now, after the operation of your broken leg, it's going to take a while to heal before you can actually start being a marathon runner or a sprinter again, right? So that's the same thing with love, you know, bring some compassion, bring some generosity and space to one another to go, okay, so where are we at on a scale of one to 10? How do you feel and how do I feel and how do we allow and help each other and guide each other to actually make it like, you know, one point more by the next week and the next week and the next week. So some strategies that you can adopt to create connection is start getting curious Start getting curious about the other person and unlearn who you think they are. If you've been together for 20 years, or whether it's like 5 years or 10 years or 20 years, I think what's magical is if you actually wake up and go, wow, like, I don't think I know you and I'd love to get to know you. Like, let's pretend that we've just met each other and we're on our first date. Let's start asking questions that we would on a first date. Um, now for those of you who are really into philosophy or like, you know, um, kind of like discussions, there's this amazing list of questions by Marcel Proust. I don't know if I can pronounce his name correctly, but the name is Marcel Proust and he's created a list of these 26 questions that allows you to get to know another human being. And you know what? Maybe just spend... 30 minutes on the couch together going through these questions and discovering the other human being again. Um, There's also a list of 36 questions done by the New York Times workers. You can ask anyone these 36 questions and they will fall in love with you. I think the premise of asking these questions is that you're actually sharing with the other person, I really want to understand you. I really want to get to know you. I really want to see your soul. I want to know your spirit. So, you know, um, you're requesting generosity from their part to show you who they are. Like I said, I believe that every human being longs to be seen, heard, and know that their being matters. And when they can feel that from you and you can feel that from them, that's love. That's that space where there's no distance. And love is a choice. Love is an active phenomena. Love means taking action. Love is a verb. You know, you know, you can say that love is a feeling as well. However, that is really at the effect of kind of like, you know, external things. And you're saying that you have no, like you have no control or you don't have a say or be accountable for how love shows up if love is a feeling. Whereas when we stand in that love is a choice, that love takes action, we know we can generate this. We know that we are accountable and responsible for bringing love to our relationship. 
And here's the other thing. It takes a willingness on both sides. If you're both hurting, it's actually really hard to, I guess, recreate that love if one person's unwilling. So you both have to be honest with yourselves and look at each other and go, like, am I willing to let go? Am I willing to forgive? Can I open my heart up to allow vulnerability to flood in and, you know, be vulnerable with the other human being as well? Um, it takes two to tango. It, you know, it's a relationship. There's two human beings. So when one person really wants to make the relationship work and the other person's given up, that's really tough. Um, I, I think if you're unwilling or the other person's unwilling to open up, then something, you know, maybe give each other, let go of the attachment of having to make it work. And it might be that, you know, letting go takes more courage than actually staying in the relationship. And when you let go, you're actually giving the other person and yourself the best chance of happiness. And I also believe that it is absolutely possible to rekindle love and explore love and bring love. But it takes both people having the willingness to make it work and and be open. Um, the reason why I say this is, you know, I've been married before and if I told the truth to myself for the longest time, I felt in the marriage that I was trying to make something work that wasn't. And the thing was, we weren't even married for that long, you know, um, and the thing in that marriage was that I felt really lonely. Now, I'm sure my ex-husband felt the same way. So this is absolutely not a blame game. I'm a hundred percent responsible and accountable for how the marriage ended in my part. Um, I believe that I wasn't being vulnerable in that relationship. I believe that even though I wanted the marriage to work, I didn't bring the qualities of openness into the marriage that probably was needed to make it work. Um, and, you know, at that time, I felt really unworthy of love and of being loved so whenever anything happened where there was a flight a fight or some kind of conflict I didn't know how to navigate that I didn't have the self-awareness or the trust or the faith in myself to be able to continue to open up uh, rather than close down so my defense mechanism whenever there was conflict was to put a wall up and shut down and that absolutely does not work for any kind of relationship um, so you know you also have to look at the behaviors that you're bringing to contribute to where the marriage is at or where the relationship is at and be 100% accountable and responsible for that um, and so anyway the thing with our marriage or the first marriage that I believe was a beautiful divorce it was the most amazing learning experience for me and what eventually happened you know because of that divorce I learned and I took accountability for the behaviors that I had that doesn't work in a relationship and that's like one of the best learning experiences ever because I knew what now uh, what relationships what, what mattered in relationships and that 
love is absolutely a choice but the other thing that I learned is that it takes two to tango it absolutely does you know for most part of that relationship even though there were these behaviors that didn't warrant love to be expanded I was wanting to make it work so bad except I think my ex-husband probably checked out and so when I could be willing to confront that and then I was also willing to confront that, you know what, I'm not willing to try and do this on my own. And there's absolutely no right or wrong here. It's just what is. And, you know, at any one point in time, we're just not happy. And we've both probably given up. And that's not a bad thing. Like, let go. So the thing with the relationship is that it absolutely takes two to be willing to open up to one another, to be vulnerable, to be authentic and say, hey, I'm your champion. I know that we're both hurting and I'm your champion. Um, and I'm requesting that you be my champion too. And if the other person's like, you know what, I don't have anything to give and I'm unwilling to give right now, I think a conversation needs to be had on whether, you know, you want to be with each other or not. And love doesn't mean that you need to be with each other. Love is a choice. And you can love someone and also let them go. And they can love you and also let you go. So, uh, but that's another, probably another conversation uh, and another exploration. However, I do absolutely believe that it is possible to recreate love and bring love and renew love irrespective of how long you've been together and it is absolutely possible to be able to create that feeling of falling in love every single day and how you do that unlearn about the other person you know let go of the assumptions that you've made let go of thinking that you know who they are because you know what we all evolve and we all change so bring curiosity bring wonderment bring a compassion bring um a real generosity to allow them to show you who they are, you know, hear them out, understand them and honor the other person that they've become. And you know what? And request that of them for you as well. You know, how is it that you want them to love you and share with them and ask them, how do they want to be loved? Like what do they see love as? Um, and even remind yourselves of how you fell in love and why you fell in love with each other's spirit and soul. So Dee's also requested, well, let's explore uh, love as you both get older and your values may shift. So this is interesting because when I read this, I thought, oh, wow. So there may be a collapse in terms of thinking that as you get older, love, like, you know, and your values shift, that it's harder to generate love or bring love, especially when your values may be different to one another um, and as you're older, you're changing and growing. So one of the things that I do prescribe to is that you both need to grow together. If one person's growing and the other person's not, I, that's quite challenging. I don't know how that works for relationships because I think um, there's... Yeah, like I, I feel like that's quite challenging. So when we say that our values might shift, see, values can shift and there still can be loved and, you know, love can still be created and thrive and expanded. 
However, when one person's growing and evolving and the other person's not and they're wanting to stay comfortable, that's a different story and that's a different conversation. However, if one person's growing and the other person is not, maybe the conversation to have is how do I create the space, the safe space so that the other human being that I love and I honor can be inspired to get beyond their fear. See, everyone thrives and is joyful when they're growing, when they're expanding, when we're getting outside our comfort zone, when we're allowing ourselves to evolve. Um, in nature, everything has to bloom. In nature, we are designed to unfold, grow, and expand. And when we are fighting against that part of our spirit and we want to keep safe, that hurts. You know, that really hurts. And that doesn't, that, that's living from a space of fear. That's living from a space of unworthiness and not enough. So, if we are the partner in the relationship that's evolving and growing and our partner isn't, we can ask ourselves, like, you know, how can I bring a safe space so they can see that they're destined to blue, that the other person, you know, that they have the right to fulfill their purpose in life and unfold and bloom and be the best versions of themselves. And the other thing is to even ask your partner, you know, do you feel like you've grown as a person? What areas of your life do you feel stuck in? Where is it that you're scared of growing? You know, what is something that you can do today that gets you outside your comfort zone? Now, if they don't feel safe to grow in your space, then that's a different conversation. Maybe even ask them, like, you know, what can I do to create a safe space? Are you willing to let me in and allow me to you know, uh, be a part of your growing journey. Now, if you were, however, on the other side of the partnership where you feel as though your partner is growing and you're feeling left behind, maybe that's the conversation to have. To share with them and say, well, you know, I feel like I'm like falling behind or I feel like I'm not enough for you. I feel really scared that we're growing apart. Um, what can we do together to resolve this? You know, do you feel it's, it's probably a, a, a time when you need to really explore who each other has become and what it is that you both want from the relationship and what you want to create. Because everything changes. You know, every human being changes. We are not the same human being we were even yesterday or a week ago. Um, and we're definitely not the same human being five years ago, 10 years ago, and 20 years ago. So to, and that's the same with our partner. Um, and I believe that love, when I say that love is a choice, it is choosing the human being that's with us in the relationship moment by moment and honoring who they, the truest part of who they are. And that is that innocent child, that is that love that they want to give. Remember, in the beginning of a part, the beginning of a relationship, we just want to love the other human being and we want to allow ourselves to be bathed in the love that they're giving, that they're giving to us. And somehow, 
along the way, we've stopped, you know, we've stopped being vulnerable with one another. We've stopped being authentic and sharing with one another. We've stopped being curious on one another. So if we've had that in the beginning, it means that we can create that again, should we choose, should we allow ourselves to crack our heart open and allow the other person in. So some strategies on how to expand love. You know, here, here's a, here are some strategies I want to share on how to expand love. So love is like connection. You know, love is honoring and love is gratitude and love is compassion and love is forgiveness. So let's say that there's been a hurt or a pain or a real challenge between the two of you. One of the things is to know how to fight beautifully, know how to be in conflict beautifully. What do I mean by this? Um, so I'll give you an example. So whenever John and I are disagreeing on something or being challenged by something, one, we don't allow our emotions to hijack our words, our actions, and who we are for each other. Look, there's a crazy you know, voice in our head that wants to say things that we don't mean, and we bring an emotional intelligence or an emotional maturity to to that because we want to honor the person that we love. So we're not going to say things and do things that we don't mean. Now, the other thing is, for me, I know my emotional triggers. My emotional trigger when I'm confronted is to build a wall. So start to understand what your emotional trigger is. Is it to build a wall? Is it to bring contempt? Is it to shut down? Whatever that is, You've got to know and identify that feeling and not let it allow, and not allow it to dictate your next action. So I know that when I feel unloved or I'm in fear and I build that wall, the thing, the antidote to that is to go up to John, hold his hand, give him a huge hug as much as the voice in my head says, no, I do not want to reach out and connect. I force myself to hold his hand, to give him a hug, and I say this, I hate that we're like this right now. I hate that we're both sad, and this feeling is really uncomfortable. I hate that we're disagreeing and we're not seeing to eye to eye, and I know I love you. That might sound crazy when you're going through conflict, but I promise you, if you are actually invested and you believe that your relationship matters, then fight intelligently. Fight beautifully and fight with awareness and intention and a way that you can honor one another. Because the thing is, pressure makes diamonds. So, I'm, you know, every couple has their challenges and we have a choice on what we want to grow through and the challenges we want to face. So make those challenges and those conflict worthy of our love. Make those challenges and conflict worthy of having the other person and our relationship grow and be nurtured. And the thing is, each time there's a difference or a conflict, it means that you're not allowing yourselves to be dictated by the status quo. So you want to have challenges and conflict that are 
quality that are quality pressure you know and what i mean by this is you know if you're having challenges and conflict over things that don't really matter stop you know like stop like if you're fighting about i don't know the housework or you know like silly little things you got to go well is it really that important or is it masking something else so the differences that John and I face um, and having to grow with is how we are growing as human beings you know we have intense conversations on growth and exploring love and especially during this time where we're new parents and um, our son who is now two the last two years has probably been the most confronting for our relationship and yet before that it was amazing you know um, what we've had to learn with is okay well our differences in parenting and creating from our differences unlearn the disempowering beliefs about parenting together like unlearn each other's disempowering beliefs about parenting together and creating a blank canvas for both of us to create a shared view of parenting and express that and allow each other to show up as the mother that I want to be and as a father that he wants to be um, the other challenges that John and I have gone through is how to generate and create and fall in love you know during this time of parenting when um, we're still trying to learn how to be parents and so time has been really precious and we've you know it took I think 17 months before we had our first date night again since having Avery and so we had to relearn and unlearn how to express love from this new state from this new period that we're going through uh, before we had Avery you know the kind of relationship that John and I had was a very dependent relationship and what I mean by that is you know we love doing everything together we we're just that kind of couple um, we always love spending time with one another we had date nights all the time I'm one of my love languages is physical touch so I love holding his hand I love hugging him I'm quite an affectionate person and then when Avery came along you know, I really missed that. I really missed holding his hand. I really missed giving him hugs because, well, one, Avery was, I was always holding Avery, our son. So in the last two years, we had to redefine how we needed to express love to one another. And what that consisted of is treasuring, you know, 10 minutes on the couch and just talking and checking in. Um, it took us checking in with each other a lot more so before Avery came along you know every night I would ask John do you feel loved do you feel loved by me do you like you know is it easy for you to express love to me and do you feel that that love has been accepted wholly and are you happy um and you know most and probably all the time like 99% 99% of the time he felt absolutely loved um, what was hard when Avery came along and I asked these questions was he's like I know you love me and I don't feel loved and so then we had to work through okay well what actions or what is it that we need to do uh, together and how can we bring that love and choose to I guess not take each other for granted when it's so easy 
during that first stage of parenting. And I'm sure for people who have, uh, who are parents that, um, you know, have children that are older than Avery, I've heard a lot of parents express that, yeah, their relationship are, their relationship is on the back burner and the children, um, uh, like, you know, take priority. So actually to that point, this is another thing I want to share. If your love is really important to you, if you are invested if you are both invested in making the relationship thrive and be nourished, the number one thing you've got to do is put yourself first, especially when you have children. And here's what I mean. I, I believe that the key to making a marriage thrive and be nourished and expand and be absolutely delicious is one, you've got to put yourself first and know what nourishes you. Because only when you are nourished, you will be overflowing with love. You'll be overflowing of patience, kindness, empathy, forgiveness, generosity. And then the second thing is to put your marriage like as a priority after that. So yourself, then your marriage. Because, because you're so overflowing with love and compassion and you're very nourished, your marriage takes priority. And together, you are then both you know, exchanging that love, choosing that love, bringing, bringing actions to love because love is a doing, love is a verb, love is action and then bring that to your child. That is what I prescribe by. Put yourself first, then your marriage and then your children. Now, if you haven't been doing this, if for the past 5, 10, 20 years that you know you've always put your children first or the other person first and you've neglected nurturing who you are it's time to start figuring out and building that relationship with yourself because you can't give from an empty well if you're running on empty there's nothing to give so then what you're going to focus on is how the relationship is not enough because you're trying to have something external fill in the void you're going to like start thinking about how you're unworthy. You're going to start going down the, the I guess, the, the tunnel of shame, guilt, and it's all too hard. And then you probably get into this kind of state of being a victim or a hero. Um, and, you know, that's all choosing to live from fear. I'm going to say that again. When you put other people first and you're running on empty, you have nothing to give. That's choosing to live from fear. If you believe that your love is important, if you believe that your relationship is important and it's something that you want to honor and cherish, put yourself first. I don't mean put yourself first from an ego perspective. I mean put yourself first from a loving perspective. Start to be your own best friend. Start getting interested in understanding who you are, what your triggers are, bring emotional intelligence and self-awareness to those triggers so that you can honor how you express love and how you choose to live from love. Because when you are nourished, when you are doing things um, to nourish your soul and your spirit, you can't help but live from love. You can't help but want to love and you know see that and want to empower those around you. You can't help but want everyone around you to thrive and be nourished, especially the person that you get to fall asleep to at night and wake up in the morning to. You want them to know how loved they are. 
but you can only do that. You can only bring empathy, compassion, and forgiveness, and a real integrity to the relationship, and an, and being able to honor that. If you can honor yourself, because you can only give what you have, and you can only receive that which you understand. So when you put yourself first, then you put the marriage, then you put the children. I believe that is the key to actually having it all and having a marriage that thrives irrespective of time and irrespective of the changes that you work through in terms of, um, you know, I guess, uh, circumstances changing like parenting that, that enter into your relationship. The other thing that I really wanted to share that I learned from a program called Lifebook that's run by Mind Valley. So that's Lifebook that's run by Man, Mind Valley um, is by the couple that created Lifebook, and that's John and Missy Butcher. So they talk a lot about relationships, and the one thing that they shared, which was amazing, and this shifted and transformed how I view how I viewed. The, uh, the growth period, that really uncomfortable growth period when John and I have been navigating our relationship and becoming new parents is this. When two people are quite self-aware or like, you know, they're really invested in growth and challenges hit them, they immediately want to fix something. They immediately think, okay, there's something here that we need to address. And, you know, they're, they're wanting to force an outcome going, okay, how do we, how do we resolve this? How do we, you know, navigate this? And there's this real pressure on being able to fix it because it's uncomfortable, right? Um, except the more that we want to fix it, the more we are challenged by it and we feel like we're going around and around in circles because we're putting so much pressure on fixing something. So this is what John and Missy Butcher says. They said that, you know, when challenges come and they're, they're entering into the relationship, it's not about fixing, it's about managing, managing our triggers, managing our, um, I guess, our reactions and managing it together. So, you know, once again, I think it's about being able to address the uncomfortable state that we're both in or that feeling of disconnection. And not wanting to fix it, but rather bring a real compassion and acknowledgement and acceptance to it. And still believe that we have each other's back, that we're each other's champion, and that our love, you know, and that we will bring love to this situation. We will choose to see this situation with love. We choose to see how we can grow together from this circumstance. So, um, you know, it's about being able to bring um, compassion to one another, kindness, forgiveness for whatever it is that we're going through and knowing that it's something to be managed, not fixed. So I really hope you got value from uh, today's sharing and exploration on love. Um, you know, uh, I'd love to be able to share some more strategies later on on how to expand love. So remember, this episode is all about how to expand love when you're going through challenging circumstances or growth periods. And expansion happens when we believe in what you focus on expands. So to expand our love is to be able to bring all our attention and focus on where in the relationship are the loving parts um, and then where does it need healing? Where can we allow ourselves to be vulnerable and authentic with one another? 
Um, I want to share some strategies with you over on Instagram as well. So if you want to see a live video on uh, practical strategies, please head on over there. It's under yumi.nguyen, so that's yumi, Y-U-M-I-I, N-G-U-Y-E-N. Thank you for joining me. I know this podcast is a little bit longer, actually a lot longer than uh, the previous episodes. However, I hope that those of you who are listening has found value in this. Please, please, please. I love questions or exploration topics being sent to me, like the one that Dee has sent. So please feel free to send them along and together we can further explore this realm of choosing to live from love. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me on this episode. I will, I will, you will hear from me very soon. Thank you and have a wonderful day. Take care. Bye.